I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, my wonderful, beautiful friends. Guys, welcome back to r slash entitled people, where people truly believe that the world revolves around them and nobody matters. And in this episode, guys, an entitled Karen demands OP date her son, and it only gets worse from there. Guys, I hope you enjoy the stories today. Hit subscribe if you haven't subscribed. And as always, you can send or link your post to this email right here. Let's dive in. So I had the most frustrating experience outside a grocery store a couple of weeks ago. I had just finished my shopping, and we finally did a big haul to hopefully last a month. And we all know how tough it is out here with the cost of living. So sitting outside the grocery store with a cardboard help me and my young kids sign is a woman who calls out to me asking if I can help feed her children. Now I sympathized as I'm a mom myself. I know how tough everything is as we're barely getting by ourselves. I had bought a big case of muffins that were extra and I offered them to her and then she goes, no, I don't want those. What am I going to do with muffins? I need money. I told her I don't have cash I can give you. She then says to me, well, can't you just give me your card then? I say to her, no, I'm not going to give you my credit card. She then says, "Ugh. well, at least go inside and get me a gift card. At that, I continue trying to be nice, but I'm getting frustrated. I say to her, I know how tough things are right now. I can barely afford to put food on my family's table. I'm a stay-at-home mom. I don't have anything extra to give you. I wish I could help. The woman then says, you seriously can't afford to help me? Not even a little? Really? She then scoffs at me, and I say to her, well, I offered you muffins. To which she says, well, I don't want those. I need a gift card or cash. Like, get me a gift card. It's not hard. I just say to her, I told you, I have my own baby to feed. I need to feed my own family before I can try to feed yours. I'm sorry. And her response was, seriously, you can't help me or you won't help me. I'm sure you can spare some money for my family. Just take me shopping. I say to her, I'm sorry, I have bills to pay. No, I will pray for you. And this is a small blurb. It was about a five-minute argument of her trying to essentially manipulate and bully me into funding her grocery trip via gift card or giving her my credit card, which is insane. Now, I didn't want to be rude and walk away. I know I shouldn't need to justify my no. I always try to help when I can, but I can't buy a whole family groceries. I then walked away, which I should have done earlier. Yeah, times are definitely tough right now, guys, but what a ridiculous ask of that lady. Like, did she seriously ask OP to take her on a shopping spree? And honestly, like, I believe if someone really had a family that was in desperate need of help, they will take whatever is offered, right? And for that woman to demand OP to again give her her credit card or go buy a gift card for them or something is super entitled. And this person says she's a scammer. She would load up a few hundred in groceries on your tab, then as soon as you leave, she'll take the receipts and return it all for cash. And this person shares their own story and says, I do a bulk grocery run about once a month for non-perishables. As I was loading my purchases in my van, a man comes up to me requesting money for food. I don't carry cash and I told him as such. Instead, I offered him a box of 30 protein bars, asking if that's something he could eat. 
I figured they would be filling for a long time, wouldn't go bad, and would not require tools to open. At that he said yes. The guy takes the box, thanked me with a god bless you, and then walked towards the store. And I thought to myself, that's great, I got to help a person in need. I'm happy. I then kept watching as he got closer to the entrance of the store. Now at first, I thought he was going to attempt to return the protein bars, which is a common scam here. But the guy opens the box and starts eating one. And I thought to myself, wow, he must be hungry after all. And then finished loading my groceries. However, I watched in amazement as this guy chucks the rest of the box into a trash can and walked away. Like, geez, if you didn't like or want them, just give them back or give them to someone else. So of course I ran over and grabbed the box. I was pretty angry at this point. And then I saw him approaching another woman loading her purchases. Once again, he starts requesting money for food, with a God bless you included. That's when I yelled for her to not give him anything, and explained what he had just done with the food I had given him. Well, let me tell you, that God bless you he gave me turned real quick into him staring at me right in the face and screaming, F you. The other woman was pretty angry, and she starts yelling at him to back off. The beggar left when a male employee heard the ruckus and started walking our way. I don't want to not help someone who's actually in need, but sometimes people suck. They sure freaking do, especially when they turn around after being grateful with a big angry F you. Doesn't that make giving to others fun? Years ago, I moved across country, and one of the things I wasn't taking with me was a huge reclining couch. The thing was name brand, and only a couple of years old. It didn't have any stains or tears. I knew my landlady had a crappy couch that her dog had chewed, so I offered to leave it for her. And her response was, no, and if I find you've left it behind or put it into a dumpster, I'll be charging you a $100 disposal fee. And at that I thought, whatever lady, I was just trying to be nice. So I went with easy choice number two, a neighbor that, while I didn't like him that much, also had a crappy couch. So three weeks after moving in, I got a letter from my landlady. It wasn't a check, it was a hand-typed invoice saying that she was keeping my $800 deposit, and also saying that I owed her another $850. She dinged me for a bunch of nonsense with fantastic dollar figures. $400 for a cigarette burn in carpet from the Nixon administration. $300 for having a pet in a no-pet apartment, $175 for fixing a broken toilet, and $75 for a cracked pane of glass in a window. That was already more than my deposit, but she wasn't finished. The final item on the list was $700 to replace a stolen item. So of course, I called her and I left a message on her machine saying, Hi Stacy, I've just gotten your letter, and it's garbage. My Lisa loud pets, the carpet was old enough to have served in Vietnam, and the window and toilet were both documented being broken when I moved in. Stacy was apparently home because she picks up the phone at that point and she says, Your lease did not allow pets. I tell her, it sure did, I'm looking at it right now. Stacy says, okay, well maybe it did. I say to her, I'm telling you it did. But that's not what's bothering me the most though. You're trying to charge me $700 for what exactly? A stolen what? Stacy says, the couch you took from me. It was my couch. I say to her, you mean my couch? The one you said you'd charge me to dispose of? Stacy then says to me, well that was a nice couch. I didn't know it was a nice couch. You should have given it to me instead of Frank. I had to go buy one instead. And that's when I say to her, you can't do that, Stacy. She then replies, 
Oh, are you going to fly back and sue me? Don't make me laugh. And I want to note, I didn't have to, as it turned out. My parents signed the lease, which meant they could sue. I eventually got a check for the whole deposit, with the word prick scrawled in the memo line. Well, ain't that something, and I find it so funny, guys, how she didn't want the couch until she saw the other neighbor have it, and then had the audacity to charge OP $700. I swear, some people, guys. Like, seriously, the stuff people think they can get away with is absolutely incredible. So this is an ongoing mess with my best friend and her ex. She's 30 and he's 29. And her now ex-mother-in-law. Now, my bestie never married her ex, but for simplicity's sake, I'll refer to her ex's parents as ex-mother-in-law and ex-father-in-law. My best friend and I live together now with my parents in a newly bought house. She's pretty much a daughter to my parents at this point. Her ex ghosted her for three years, and as of recent, he's been hounding her ever since he found out that we bought a house, trying to get her to take him back so he can live in our house. We've tried reaching out to police, but since nothing serious has happened, we've reached a wall and we can only wait. Her ex-in-laws no longer live in the US, but they did come for Thanksgiving. And even though my best friend is no longer dating their son, she offered to pick them up at the airport and take them to their hotel, as they've had a fairly good relationship. She saw ex-mother-in-law as a second mother. I didn't like that idea, since her ex is a problem, but she wanted to use the chance to ask her ex's parents to intervene, and maybe get him off her back. Now I didn't like that, but I figured it was probably okay based on how she described them, and I was completely wrong. My bestie came back home in tears and with a scratched cheek. Immediately, I asked her what happened, and when she told me, I saw red. The next part comes from how my bestie described things to me. She told me that picking them up went well, and they talked about the old days. They then asked my bestie if they could stop in a nearby restaurant they always liked and all hell broke loose at the restaurant. Apparently, her ex-mother-in-law demanded to know why Bestie is not taking her son back, the son that's an abusive stalker. Apparently to ex-mother-in-law, my Bestie is responsible for her baby boy, since she was his first girlfriend, and they were, quote, married in the eyes of God. To clear things up, they never legally married, and Bestie's an atheist, so yeah. That's when Bestie tried to defuse the situation, explaining that she's moved on with her life after three years of not knowing where he was. She did try to ask her ex-mother-in-law to convince her son to leave her alone, and that Bestie doesn't want him in her life anymore. Ex-father-in-law seemed to agree with her and apologized for the heartache and pain she went through. Ex-mother-in-law, however, took over the conversation and she began screaming that thanks to my best friend, her son had no life. That apparently my best friend was responsible for her son not having a wife or children. That the least she could do is take responsibility and become the submissive wife he deserved. Ex-father-in-law tried to pull his wife away, more than likely because they were causing a very public scene. Bestie simply says that she will never consider marriage to her ex. She then said it might be best to take the food to go and for them to get to their hotel. She paid for all the food, despite ex-father-in-law offering to cover his and his wife's meal, and drove them to the hotel. At the hotel is where things went from 1 to 100. Ex-mother-in-law had spent the whole drive escalating demands. From her taking him back, to marrying him, to have a child and give her son the house as the man in the relationship. Ex-father-in-law apparently kept telling her to stop, but there was no way she could be quiet. Finally, my bestie had enough. She stopped the car and told ex-mother-in-law that she'll never take a failure of a man like her baby boy as a husband, let alone give birth to his spawn. 
She also said that she was glad that no other woman stayed long-term with him, since he really won't be a good addition to the gene pool. And I gotta admit, I'm proud of her for that last one. At this, ex-mother-in-law went crazy and jumped on my friend. Her husband luckily grabbed her, but she still managed to get my friend on the cheek. She then began screaming that she was the reason her family had split, then called her a whore and said she wished our house burnt down with all of us inside. Ex-father-in-law just told my friend to drop their bags on the sidewalk and drive away, while he held back his demon of a wife. And Bestie did exactly that. She drove back home after this. She wasn't so much hurt by the insults or even the attack, but more the notion that the woman she once saw as a second mother would treat her like this. I told her to relax a bit, so she's watching some movies with the dogs while I write this and do some work. Tomorrow, we're both having a girl's day with my mom. I did get in touch with X's sister and I let her know what happened. She already knew from her dad and asked me if Bestie was pressing charges. She should, but she's not. I tried to convince her, but it's a sore topic for her, so for her emotional well-being, I'm not gonna push it. The sister says that she appreciates that we're not pressing charges and she'll make sure her family doesn't bother us in any way. Apparently, she and her brother moved outside the city. Not sure to where, but I'm glad he's gone. So hopefully we're done. It's not a small city by any means, but I wouldn't put it past these crazies to try to stalk my bestie. Update. So my mom sat with my bestie to have a serious talk. She told her that she didn't want to diagnose her as my mom's a therapist, but she was showing clear signs that she needed help, and therapy could be an option. They had a discussion about it, and my friend agreed to seek professional help. Since she lives with my mom, she's not an option, but mom's gonna help her find someone. We just came from filing a police report. My friend won't press charges, but we made a paper trail to ensure that it's at least on the record. She apologized for not doing it immediately and for going to meet her ex-in-laws. I told her I understand that she's going through a lot of things. We'll see how things go, but she's like a sister to me, and I refuse to let her go through it alone. Yeah, I think it's time to let Bestie know to block those people from her life for good, guys. And to me, mistake number one was going to see those in-laws in the first place. Like, that's wild that the ex-mother-in-law was like, be my son's wife, you owe him, and if not, I'm going to get crazy violent and attack you. Like, yeah, that's a great way to get someone to date your son. This person says, pressing charges will expedite a restraining order. And your bestie needs to seriously rethink her decision. That ex-mother-in-law is deranged and dangerous. And this person comments, poor father-in-law. He can't just drop her bag somewhere, but he wishes he could. And guys, while we're on the topic of crazy mother-in-laws, listen to this post. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Okay, so for some background, I'm a female, 29 years old, and I live in Italy with my fiancé, who's 37 years old, named Marco, and our daughter who's 5 months old, Willow. 
I moved to Italy after graduating med school, where I met Marco, and now I'm a resident in one of the hospitals. My father's a crap dad. He left my mom and me, and he's been very inconsistent. He married a woman named Tammy when I was young, and she's never liked me, and she's also never able to have kids. So when I gave birth, my mom's side of the family came over to visit and meet Willow and to look after both of us. Nothing from my dad or Tammy. So two weeks ago, they turn up unannounced, claiming to be in the area on holiday and wanted to meet Willow. She was getting a bit fussy and she combination fed. But as I was home, I grabbed a cover and let her latch on to me. That's when Tammy says that the breastfeeding is going to have to stop soon. At that, I'm confused and I asked her why. And she said it couldn't be kept up when Willow's with them. And now I'm even more confused and I asked her what she's on about. She then shows me photos of a baby room and says that we should split custody of Willow and not to worry because she has everything set up already. I just stare at her but she continues on. She then claims that the age gap between myself and Marco is unhealthy for a child to grow up with saying it was obvious I needed help and that she was happy to. She also kept saying that I have to work and that I would never be home to spend time with my baby, so I should just let her have Willow. But obviously she's not able to breastfeed, so we would have to stop that right now. I tell her she can't be serious and think I'm giving her my baby. And she tells me to calm down, that she's not asking for full custody, but she could provide a much calmer and stabler home, and that I could always come visit. She says it's what she deserves. That's when Marco pushes everyone out and made sure Willow and I were alright. Since then, I've been getting really weirded out, and I've been getting texts from my father saying that I need to let Tammy prove herself as a good caregiver. And Tammy's been sending loads of photos of the nursery she's made. Just to add so people don't get confused, I'm in Italy, but Tammy isn't. They had flown over here. Yeah, all I can say is thank freaking goodness that OP lives in Italy, far, far away from that mother-in-law and dad. Let's just hope she gets the hint, goes back home, and doesn't go full psycho mother-in-law and OP and try to steal her baby. And if I were in that position, guys, I think I'd be going no contact for sure. I'd be moving, changing my phone number, everything to stay away from dad and his wife. I mean, why not, right? Dad's already a crap dad, and his wife doesn't even like OP. She wants the baby, so OP's not gonna be missing anything. This happened a long time ago, when I was in the ninth grade. I was just reminded of it this week by an old friend, and I thought I'd share. So in the ninth grade, my teacher decided that I should compete in a math competition, because she saw potential in me. I agreed, because she was my favorite teacher, and I thought, why not? So on the day of the competition, I saw a kid who, let's call him Entitled Kid, boasting about how he didn't sleep because he reviewed everything. I was annoyed, but I didn't really think much of it. The results came, and sure enough, he won. But I got second place. I was shocked and happy at the same time, and so was my teacher. Everything was all sunshine and rainbows until I heard a lady, a Karen, say, Good thing that girl didn't win. This is a math competition, and my boy should win. He studied really hard for this, and a girl should never beat him. So of course, hearing that, I was livid. My teacher pats my back and told me not to listen to her. When they announced that I was second place, Karen started booing. And I'm thinking, this woman, I couldn't take it, so I devised a plan. The competition happened every year, according to my teacher. And in grade 10, there was a regionals competition after. And I made sure to win next year. I made it my life's mission to win. The whole year, I taught myself various math equations. And my friend even helped me with everything. 
I spent a whole year reviewing just to prove this entitled mother wrong. And the next year, I entered the competition more ready than ever. I saw the boy again, and now even his mother was boasting how he couldn't sleep, knowing he was going to win again, and that he's excited about the regionals. Everything she just said encouraged me to do better. The exam was kind of hard, but I managed to answer most of the questions. While I heard the entitled kid saying it wasn't that hard, I wasn't confident I'd win, but I was hoping. So the announcements came, and they said that only one person got a score of 40 and above in every grade level. And at that, the entitled kid was smirking, thinking it was him. And I even heard him telling his mom, Regionals, here we go. But to his surprise, I won. And the look of shock in Karen's face and her son's face was worth it. They didn't utter a single word. His teacher was standing there shocked. I gave him a big-ass smirk and went up to the stage, accepting the prize and everything. When I went down the stage, I saw the mom crying, saying, My boy was supposed to win. He was supposed to go to regionals, not some stupid girl. Once I heard her cries of agony, the whole year of reviewing paid off. I got second place in the regionals, and I became friends with the guy in first place. Overall, it was a great experience, and I'm glad I don't have to see Karen and her kid again because there's no math competition in grade 11. Guys, I absolutely love this post because success truly is the best revenge. Way to freaking go, OP. And shame on that Karen for booing someone in grade 9. Like, that is absolutely pathetic behavior, Karen. Alright, so I recently proposed to my long-term girlfriend and we're planning a wedding in the summer next year. Everything is still very early stages. My fiancé has expressed that she wants a child-free wedding, which I'm all down for, but I want to make one exception. My son, who's 15 years old. I had him from a previous relationship and we've evenly split custody of him. Until now, my fiancé's gotten along great with him. We've had days out as a family, she's gone to see his hockey games, and she's even taken him out on fun days, just two of them. So I bring up that I want to make an exception for the no kids rule for my son. And at that, she shot the idea down straight away, and she said she doesn't want anyone under 16 there, as she doesn't want to feel like she has to babysit anyone on her special day. I told her that no one would have to babysit him. He's 15 years old, and she knows he's well-behaved and a quiet kid. She then changed her reasoning, and she asked why I wanted my old family and life on the day I was supposed to be making a commitment to her and our new family. And I told her I will be making a commitment to her. My son will still very much be my son and my family. She then equated it to wanting my ex at our wedding, which I do not and never asked. I told her I don't care about the aesthetics of the wedding, that she can pick everything else, the food, the music, the dress, but all I want is my family at the wedding, my parents, my sister, and my son. And that's the only ultimatum when it comes to our wedding. She started calling me controlling by giving an ultimatum, and said I initially agreed to a child-free wedding, and now I'm gaslighting her. I said we can have a mainly child-free wedding, but with this one exception, an exception that guests can't even complain about being unfair, since the only child is the son of the groom. She called me a dick, and now she's not talking to me. 
I really think that this is a reasonable one, but maybe I'm not seeing something, so am I the a-hole? Yeah guys, I don't think OP's the a-hole at all for wanting his 15-year-old son to be at his wedding. Like, it's his special day too. And seriously, 15 is close enough to 16, like just effing round up for one day. Like, I'm actually starting to think that OP's fiance said she wanted a child-free wedding to keep OP's son from attending his father's wedding. And oh boy guys, the comments in this post are wild, like everyone's saying that OP needs to cancel the wedding and run as far away from this woman as he possibly can. This person says, wow, 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 she doesn't want your own child to come to your own wedding, and it's not a crying baby or a terrible two, but a 15 year old kid who's old enough to drive next year. If this goes on as she wants, do you think your kid won't remember? Yeah, I'm sorry bud, but this is all kinds of evil stepmother red flags. The whole thing about you making a new commitment to her and her family, and equating having your son there to having your ex-wife there. Dude, get out now, while you just have to eat the non-refundable deposits for the wedding. Save yourself and your kid a world of hurt. You would be the a-hole if you marry this woman. Edit to add that you've never had a fight like this before because up to this point, she's been putting on a show. But now she's comfortable enough in the relationship to show you who she really is. And this person says, cancel everything and run. This is your son she's being like this with. It's not gonna get any better. And I love this person's comment the most, guys. This person says, don't discuss it with her any further. She's spiteful and hateful, which is not a good start. You need to postpone the wedding by one year. And tell it to everybody, and the reason is, you want your son there, and your girlfriend wants nobody under 16 years old. Problem solved, and she can't even complain because that's her rule. I absolutely love that, but honestly, I can see it ending if OP did that, because she sounds like she might be a bridezilla. But let me know what you guys think, and what would you do if you're in OP shoes? Are you reconsidering marrying the person altogether, or can this be saved? And that, my friends, brings us to another end of our slash entitled people. Guys, I hope you enjoyed today's stories. If you did, hit that thumbs up, and if you're not subscribed, consider subscribing because it's absolutely free. And if you missed the last episode on the channel, I'll link it right here. It's an r slash I don't work here, lady, where Karens keep thinking that people are their servants. It's wild, so go check it out. And myself and Stevie Boy will see you guys in the next one. We love you. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com.